chain reaction, chain reaction. And uh, if you haven't been with us in the past few weeks, the whole thought behind that is, is that there is a chain reaction to every decision that we make. And uh, we are either, either living our life by design or by default, something happens. And so we've been talking about that, about living by design or living by default. And our, our scripture that we've been using as our foundational scripture is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And so if you want to turn there, that's fine. If not, it'll be on the screen for you. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Now notice here, the Bible says that we're either being conformed or we're being transformed. There's no in-between, but one thing or the other is taking place. And in essence, what it's saying here is that we live by design. We live by design or we live by default. But something is taking place through the decisions that we're making every day in our life. And so we need to make sure that we're designing our life according to God's design, how God would have us have our life turn out and, uh, and do it that way. Or by default, we're going to live like this world. And I'm going to tell you, this world does not have the answers to our needs. This world will not fix life's problems. It is God that does so. It is God that has uh, the answers to every need that we face in life. Isn't that awesome? And, And he's made his word available to us. He's made his precious Holy Spirit available to us that leads us and guides us into all truth. And so by design, we are either living by, uh, uh, how God would have us live, or by default, we're living according to this world, according to Romans 12, verse 2. And so over this past few weeks, and you can go online if you want to catch up, if you haven't listened to it, uh, I've been here to be able to hear it, uh, you can go on and listen to it online. We've been talking about uh, a variety of different things. First of all, I talked about relationships by design, that our relationships are either designed or we're living by design and we're choosing our relationships that we want and need in our life or by design, we're going to gravitate towards relationships that we're just comfortable around. And not every relationship that we're comfortable around is a good relationship. A matter of fact, we need relationships that are going to sharpen us. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. We need good relationships. Scripture tells us he who walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. We need to, by design, surround ourselves with good relationships. We're only going to be as good as the relationships that we surround ourselves with. And our, relation, our relationships will determine where we end up in life. Many times we look at where we're at in life, and I, I'm sure that you've heard this. How did I end up here? Pro- probably because of your choices. Probably because of the people that you surrounded yourselves with. One of the things that I'm praying for every, every chance, probably every day, almost every day, is I'm asking God to give and place around me exceptional, high-capacity, high-caliber labors and leaders, to place them, people around me. And I ask God, Father, send me people that are winners and champions. I want great people around me. Because we're here to do something great. We're not just here to get through life and just make it through life and make it to heaven. I mean, if that's the objective, well, let's, you know, go right now. That's not the objective. Let's let's make an impact here on this earth. Amen? 
And so by design, we, we need to design our relationships. We need to have some good relationships around us. The second week, interestingly enough, I felt like the Lord put it on my heart to talk about meekness by design. And many people don't understand that meekness is not weakness. It's actually a great strength. And we talked about that, and I can't go back and preach that, but I said this, by design, we become meek, or by default, we succumb to pride. And so we, 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 we really talked about all of that, what that looks like, and that we need to be people that are meek, that we are so sensitive to God, that when he tugs on our heart, that we just, we just it's like a horse, you know, a meek horse, that he, when you just pull his reins just a little bit, he just, he just goes wherever, and we're just... To God, he can just pull our reins and we're just, we're ready to do whatever he wants us to do. So we talked about that on the second week. Last week, we talked about integrity by design and how important integrity is in our life. And I I said this, by design, we live by integrity. By default, we compromise. And what compromise looks like and how it hurts us. And so that brings me to where we are today and what we're going to talk about today. And today I want to talk to you about culture by design. Culture. And I'm not talking about necessarily the culture that we live in. I'm not talking about the world that we're living in. But I'm talking about the culture that we create around us. What type of environment are we creating around us? And what's that look like? And how does, how's it impacting our life? And how's it impacting those that are around us? And so I want to I make this statement. And then I'm going to take, take you to uh, uh, Mark chapter 4 if you want to turn there. But I'm going to make this statement if you're taking notes, following along with the notes that are in your worship guide. And that's this. is by design we develop a life-giving culture or by default, we develop a lifeless, a lifeless culture. And what I mean by lifeless is that there's just, there's no substance to it. It's not adding much value at all. As a matter of fact, you're just kind of existing. You're just kind of walking through life, doing life, but there's no life. It's not, it's not life-giving, where lives are being changed. I, I don't know about you, but everywhere I go, I want to make sure that whoever, whoever encounters me is being changed. That I'm adding value to them wherever, whoever I'm in contact with, that I'm adding value. I, I'm supposed to be a, a, a carrier of the presence of God. As a, as a believer of Jesus Christ, I'm to be a carrier of the presence of God. And wherever the presence of God is, there's fullness of joy. People ought to walk away joyful, not sad, not disappointed because they came and they met me. I want them walking away and saying, man, I am so glad that I met him because my life is different because of him. And it really, honestly, it's not because of me, but me, uh, him inside of me working through me. Are you with me? Okay. And so we're not here just to play church, give, you know, just to come together. We're here to make a difference with our lives. And so I'm very, very excited about this message because we want, this church is all about being a life-giving church. And it didn't happen by default. I mean, our church, people come, they experience, they experience the presence of God, they experience the love of God, the people of God here, and, and they get excited about it. But it didn't happen by chance or by accident. It happened by design. There's certain things that we have done here that I believe that you can implement in your own life, in your own marriage, in your own relationships, in your workplaces that can be life-giving and change people's lives. Amen? 
instead of being lifeless. You ever walked into a relationship and it's like you walked out and you, there was no difference in, made in your life? And somebody said, every day when I go home, every day. And I'm glad that he's here or she's here so that you guys can work on that culture and make it life-giving instead of lifeless. All right? Are you with me? And, uh, and so Mark chapter 4, let's begin with verse 26. We'll start there. And this is something that I talk on regularly to our team. Typically, it's with our dream team that we pull together once a month. And I'll, I'll periodically throughout the year, I'll talk about these, these, uh, these values that we have and how they contribute to the, the culture of our church. And, and so I, I, I'm passionate about these. I know what the difference that they've not only made in our church, but in my home and, and, and through my life. And so I want to talk about these. But Mark chapter 4, verse 26, we'll start there. It says, he also said, talking about Jesus, this is what the kingdom of God is like. I don't know about you, but when, when Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like, I want to pay attention. What's it like? What's it like, Lord? What are you, what are you saying to me? Because I want to hear. And he, he goes on to say, man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, get this, the soil produces grain. The soil. It's the soil. It's the culture. It's the environment that the seed is in that produces the growth. That environment, many, many people miss this. The environment that you have created will determine the growth that takes place out of that environment. Your marriage, you want great marriage, you're going to have to, you're going to have, to have a great environment. Years ago, I had a dream. I had two dreams last night. <laughs> but, but this was a God dream. Not every dream's from God. Just tell you. I just, I'm just going to say. But uh, a few years ago, I had a dream, and uh, there was a number of us preachers that were preaching here in this East Texas area, and, and there was a number of people that were preaching, and man, they were preaching some awesome, I mean, out-of-the-park uh, messages were, I mean, it's just, it was stirring, and, it was, and they, were, they were salvation messages. And, and I think there was three or four of us, and, and they would never, ever, at the conclusion of their message, give an altar call. And it's like, bring them to a place of commitment. Bring, why preach it if you don't bring them to a place of commitment? Because we all, I mean, life doesn't change unless you commit to it. And, and so when it came to my time, I was preaching out of Psalm seventy-one twenty-one, where the scripture says that he will increase our greatness. And that God placed greatness in every one of us, no matter who we are, that there's greatness in us. But the thing with everything, you know, when God made this earth, he made, he made this earth with everything that we enjoy. Don't you appreciate the air conditioning? The seats that you're sitting in, the car that you drove here in. I mean, he made all these things, but when he, when he, when he created this earth, it was, all these things were here, but it was in raw form. It had to be discovered. And I I was preaching that message and I said, you know, God, he put greatness in us, but it it has to be discovered. 
And then once it's discovered, it has to be developed before you can deploy it, before you can put it into action. And so I preached that message, and, and then at the conclusion of that message, I said this, had never heard it before and, and hadn't heard it since other than from me, and it's this, and I believe that God gave it to me that night in, the, in, in that dream. He said, greatness only, I mean, this is what came out of my mouth that I believe the Lord gave me. Greatness only grows in the soil of great commitment. That if we want great marriages, we're going to have to have great commitment. If we want, if we have, if we want a great church, then we're going to have to have great, great commitment. Whatever greatness, we, if we want a great business, then we're going to have to have some great commitment. Because greatness only grows in the soil of great commitment. Here's the, here's the point that I'm making, is that our soil determines what comes out of it. Our environment, our culture that we have around us will determine the impact that we're going to make in and through our lives. So with all that being said, the, 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 the few minutes that I have with you this morning, I'm going to just take some time out and just let you know that you have the choice, every one of you, as well as me, we all have the choice of the type of culture that we create around us, whether it's life-giving or lifeless. Scripture tells us that whoever walks in the Spirit produces life. And whatever's of the flesh, John 6.63 says, it profits nothing. And so we, we are going to determine what type of culture that we create around us. And I'm just going to share some things that we do around here that could possibly be implemented. I'm not saying this is a full list, but there's five things that we're committed to as a church that, that has produced the culture here that's life-giving, that, that makes all the difference in the world that I, I just want to share with you. I believe that will make a difference in your family, in your workplace, in your business, wherever you are, that will make a difference if you'll start doing it by design. Otherwise, by default, watch and see if it's not lifeless. It's not going to produce much of anything. So number one, the first thing that I want to share with you is that we passionately love God. God is the... He is, he is the... He's the beginning I'm telling you, without God, there is no life because he is the life giver. And we are passionate about God. We're passionate about loving God. I was thinking about this. I was thinking, I heard the story and I've heard several stories about people dying and then coming back and have gone to heaven. And all over the world, almost, almost the same, you hear the same story about their, their experiences of how, what took place during their absence of their body and then, and then, and then what took place in heaven. And one of the things that, that uh, is pretty common that takes place is that people at the presence of God, at the, at, at, at the presence of Jesus, that people just fall on their faces with awe of who he is. And I told the Lord the other day, I said, God, I don't want to wait. I want to be at awe with you now. I I choose to be at awe with you now. I don't want to wait till I get face to face with you 
after earth and face you in heaven. I want to love you with everything that I have now. Because I love you. Because you first loved me. And I'm telling you, that is the pursuit. One of the things that has created... If you want, one of the things that has created the life-giving culture that we have here is a church. But if you want something that's going to make the difference in your home, I tell you, start with God. Start with Him. Uh, 2 Chronicles 21, uh, 31-21, it says about Hezekiah, it says, Hezekiah was successful because everything he did for the temple and in, in observation of the law, he did in a spirit of complete loyalty and devotion to his God. Things just work out when God's involved. When he's first. And I, 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 we, we had a conversation with our, I, I, we have a small group with our pastors and, and before service and, uh, at 7.30 in the morning. And, and uh, we do this on Sunday mornings. And this morning was all around honor. That we, you know, I just feel that God's put in my heart that we need to work on and, and exemplify honor and honoring God and honoring one another. And I was thinking about Jesus. There was a time in his, in his ministry while he was walking this earth that he went and he tried to do some miracles in people's lives. And, and the scripture says that he was limited. Get this, an unlimited God being limited. And he pointed it to the people that were not honoring him. He says, a prophet is without honor among his own people, among his, um, among his own city. And, and he says, because of that, he could not do any mighty work there. And I'm going to tell you, one of the reasons why we hear all the different stories that we hear around here, uh, people's uh, getting healed, people's lives being changed, that type of thing, is because we truly purpose with all our heart to honor God so that he has free reign to touch and make an, uh, a difference in every person's life that comes into this place. And I do that in my marriage. I do that at home. I'm telling you, God is the one that makes the difference. The second thing that we do, not only do we passionately love God, man, but we have a, we have a love for people. And, and so number two, we genuinely love people. We, we genuinely love people. It doesn't matter who they are, where they've come from. It doesn't matter if they look good, they don't look good, or they smell good or don't smell good. We just, we genuinely, genuinely love people. I, I'm one of those people, I, I don't, I, I endeavor to not wear a mask. What you see is what you get. And, and I'm going to tell you, you either like me or you won't like me. And you know that I, 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 I feel for you if you, don't get time, if you don't take time to know me. Because I, I genuinely will love, I'll be one of your best friends. I'll love you. I'll care for you. I'll reach. I'll, I'll give my, pour my heart out for you. And, and it's one of the reasons because I want a culture where people are being celebrated. Nobody wants to go where people are just tolerated. Some, I, I've hear people, I've heard, and I've counseled umpteen people, and I, I've heard people, I just don't even want to go home to my husband, or I don't want to go home to my wife. And I can understand that. 
is because they're just being tolerated and not celebrated. If we'll start celebrating each other and celebrate like, I mean like, where we just really truly love people, I'm telling you that it'll change the culture, it'll change the environment, and, and it's going to release the life of God in it. 1 John 3.14 says, We know that we have passed from life to death because we keep loving the brothers. The person who fails to keep on loving is still under the power of death. In other words, there's no life to it. It's lifeless. It's not producing in that relationship or those relationships. Most people struggle with receiving and giving love. Most people do. Maybe because of the past experiences. And and I'm going to tell you, all of us have been hurt. Everybody gets hurt. In relationships, it's just part of the it's just part of it. We get hurt. I'm so sorry if I've ever hurt you. It's not been intentional. I've not tried. There's been some folks I'd like to try, but I haven't tried. I had to stop and think about that. I wanted to make sure I was being truthful. Because I do want to be truthful. Bless me, Lord. That's right. Bless me. But, but let me tell you, if you've ever walked into a, if you ever walked into a place, a relative's home or, or uh, a workplace where, where strife had just happened, and you, I mean, you, it just happened. Words have been exchanged. Uh, uh, Pastor Bobby talked about the power of words. And, and, and whether you real, realize it or not, there's been all t- tons of frequencies and words being uh, passing through here that you can't see. Words, words create a culture. It creates an environment. And you could have walked into that environment, the people not even be there, but you, you, you just, something just happened here. Something, if you're sensitive, just something just happened here. That just isn't good. And I'm here to tell you that one of the things that has helped us as a church is, man, we just, we just honor people. We work at it. I told our team this morning, we, we, need to, we need to create a movement of honor. Because our culture does not know how to honor and I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter who, I mean, well, it does matter. We need to, we need to uh, go and vote, by the way. Register, vote, go vote. And we need to vote the, the one that's going to be uh, the best candidate for, for the promotion of the gospel and the promotion of the things of God. But the thing that really bothers me concerning those two is they, the dishonor that is shown toward one another. Slander, slandering each other. It's just not godly, it's not right. These words are meant to be spoken life out of. And if we'll speak life, that's what we'll get back, is we'll reap life. Amen? Amen. And I know every, we talked about this, Pastor Bobby brought this up this morning, that uh, I think it was him, uh, maybe it's uh, our, our, our children's pastor, Julie, she, I, one of them said something about irritating Annoying that there's people that can annoy us, and I, I made this comment. I said that's everybody because we're the we're always right, right? I mean, 
And so, so it's, you, we can be annoyed. And so, I, 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 was it Pastor Julie that said that? I think it was. And, and so, we can all be annoyed with people, but that's no reason to bring the, the honor, the honor uh, uh, bar down. We need to keep honoring people. Amen? Because what it does is it creates the culture that continues to be life-giving instead of lifeless. It's good. Let me give you a third thing real quick. Is we obsessively, and I mean that. I, I, I said, should I use this word or not? And I am, I'm obsessive at giving generously. We need to be obsessive about giving generously. That everywhere we get a chance that we're going to make deposits in people's lives. And I'm not talking about just giving uh, in, a, in a church service. I'm talking about everywhere I go and everywhere you go and everything we do that we would be obsessive about giving generously. Not just giving generously. I tell you, it's always in the forethought of me, my mind. My wife, she doesn't even like me carrying money because it doesn't stay in my pocket because I'm going to give it. I just, I just, I just, that's not true. She, she doesn't dislike it, but Father, forgive me. Uh, anyway, dog, I'm having to repent in front of you guys. Okay, but we, we, need, we, need, to be, we need to be about giving. I mean, when we, we're obsessive about, about giving generously, that I'm going to tell you, it's going to create something. It's going to create some kind of environment that, hey, I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to give as much as I can give to my wife. I'm going to give as much as I can give to my, my, my husband or my children. I'm going to do whatever I can do. My, our team as a church, we're, we're constantly giving. Uh, I, I talked about Radiant, what we're doing with Radiant and giving that. And, and uh, you know, we, past Easter, we gave out T-shirts to everybody that came th- to Easter. We, we, we're constantly giving. We, we just, we just want to be a blessing everywhere we go. And it creates a culture. It creates an environment that's healthy, that's strong, that's, that's vibrant. John 10.10, Jesus says that the thief came to steal. He's not a giver, he's a taker. He's out to take your life, my life, everything. He's, He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. But look at Jesus. He came that we might have life. And I love, I love the way the Amplified, it says, I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's what Jesus has done. He's done that for us. He gave everything for us. And just consider what we could do if we, we, in our community. I want, if anything, I want our church to be known, and it's been said, that, it's been said about us over and over again, that that's that giving church. Because it makes a difference. Not only in the people that we're making an impact in, but it makes a difference in our life. I want you to see that it's life-giving, okay? Don't just take my word for it. Let's look at Scripture. Uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, it says this out of the New Living. It says, give freely, become more wealthy, be stingy, and lose everything. 
I like the way that put, puts it. It says the generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. My wife and, said, my wife and I say it this way. When, when we have a need, sow a seed. When you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. It's just going to come back on you. Because that's how God works. It creates a life. It's life-giving. That's how God works. Uh, Let me give it to you out of the Message Bible. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It says, The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. Amen? Amen? Amen. Obsessive about giving generously. Let me give you one more, and I'm going to wrap this up in the next couple of minutes. We affectionately, and I, I, I chose this word carefully, we, because our hearts are in it. We, no, actually, I'm going to give you two more, so I better hurry up. Dog, okay. We affectionately serve, we affectionately serve or give generously. Serve, serve with excellence. I'm sorry, had them too. Okay. I was looking up at the screen, not my notes. We affectionately serve with excellence. There's something about excellence that creates an environment that, is, that, is, uh, that makes people secure. You ever been in a place where there's a lot of chaos, you feel insecure. But where there's excellence, where there's, there's, there's you know, people have their act together, they thought it out. They've, uh, and we talked about this last week. As a matter of fact, I'm so sorry if you're new here. You, uh, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to hear a, a, a long version of this, especially because I have one more thing I want to share with you. But last week we talked about integrity. That actual, the actual word integrity actually means excellence. Doing things with excellence. If you, if you are not doing things with excellence, you're not doing it with integrity. And so integrity is, is God's idea, not my idea. And simply put, integrity is doing the right thing and doing it with the right heart. And doing it with excellence. And so we talked about that last week. And, and if we do that, it creates an environment that is just life-giving. Just think if we was doing that in our homes, in our workplaces, where we were just doing everything with all of our hearts, not half-heartedly. And doing, doing, doing it with excellence, that we're doing everything, regardless if we have a, a, a boss that's a jerk. Or if we're working with people that, uh, that are just not kind or, or whatever, that we're just doing it anyway because that's the right thing. We might win them over. Wow. Amen? Amen? So let me give you the, the, the... Daniel, let me just give you a scripture so you know I'm not pulling your chain, okay? Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Then, then uh, this Daniel was preferred above... The presidents and the officials, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. He had an excellent spirit. There was just something different about him. He was preferred above everybody else. And I'm going to tell you, you'll be the preferred husband. Your wife ain't going to be looking for anybody else if you just treat her with excellence. Amen. Come on, women. Give me some, give me some love here. All right. All right. Thank you. Let me give you one more. We deliberately, now this one, we deliberately choose positive attitudes. 
And I say deliberately because we tend to gravitate towards the negative. We t- it's, it's a given. We tend to be negative. We tend to gravitate towards the negative as a pastor and pastoring people. Have you ever, have you ever tried to uh, 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 corral or round up cockroaches or, or cats maybe? <laughs> Impossible, right? Sometimes that's how I feel. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get you guys, get you all focused and say, you got to be positive. You got to be positive. You got to be positive because, uh, because, you know, if left to ourselves, we're going to be negative. We have to be proactive. We have to think positive. We have to deliberately choose to be positive. You will not enjoy life if you're negative. Negative people are not fun people to be around. They're just not. It's like, come on. Choose to be positive. There's always going to be something negative. If you focus on something negative, you're going to find negative. Come into our church. You're, listen, I, if you've been around here for a while, you've heard me say it. We all have issues. You have issues. I have issues. And you've heard me say it. If you've been around here, and if you think you don't have issues, then that's your issue. <laughs> right? And so if you, if you come in looking for negative, let me tell you something. You're going to find it. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll choose, if you'll choose to be positive, you're going to find way more positive things than you are negative things. And I'm going to say this, you'll find that in your home, you'll find that at your workplace, you'll find that everywhere. If you will just choose to be positive, choose, and, and we choose fun around here. We work at it, it's not something that comes, as I said, it doesn't come naturally, at least for me it doesn't, and so I have to work at it, we, we, we choose to have fun. In the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. Church ought to be a joyous place to come, not a sad place to come. Amen? Psalm 133, verse 1, and I, I will close, and I'll close with one thought after this scripture. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We cannot be unified being negative. We have to be positive. We have to honor one another. We have to honor God. We have to honor each other, even though each one of us have issues. We get out of disunity when we start thinking negatively. It just happens. And life is too short to be negative. I just did a memorial service this past Saturday. And uh, the, the man uh, I've known for 16 years... Uh, he just, from one moment to the next, dropped dead. And uh, he was less than a year older than me. Life's too short to be negative. I was uh, on the way to a meeting this past week down Gentry. And as I was uh, going down the road, I looked to the side. I meant to bring a, a, a string. If you could picture just a string here, it's just a, just a string. <laughs> you picture it? 
It's a string. I was going down Gentry, and on the side of the road, there was a lady that was face first. You could tell she was all disfigured, that she had just been hit. And, and you could tell that she was dead. And uh, there was, a, there was a, one lady that was over, and there was some other people that they were just gathered over there, so you could tell she would, you know, they already knew she was, she was gone. And then up a little further, there was a truck that had uh, gone into, into the, a bunch of trees and hit, hit a tree. And, and I told my wife, I said, isn't it the craziest thing, that whole stretch of gentry, and this is where somebody gets hit. It's, that person's like a string in comparison to all of gentry. And yet, that's, that, that's where she got, I mean, that's, she got hit there. And, and I got to thinking, life is so short. We don't have time to be negative. We've got to be positive. And when we do, not only is it helpful and health, healthy for us, actually, Scripture talks about it being healthy. The Bible says, I pray that you would be in health even as your soul prospers. When you have a prosperous soul, a joyous, healthy, positive soul, it, it, it affects you physically. It affects your physical body. But it also creates an environment that is healthy and life-giving where God can minister through. So I want to challenge you to put these things to practice in your life. But most importantly, I want to ask you, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? that he wants you working on. It could be one thing. It could be all five things. It could be something totally unrelated, but he just took you down and he used this message to bring it to, uh, to, to the surface in your life that you need to deal with. I don't know what it is. But if you do, I guarantee you it'll be life-giving. And it's going to create a culture that everybody can ben- benefit from. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning.